Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first time here, it's great to have you here. Welcome aboard. I hope you enjoy it. Now, today we're going to take a look at client waiting lists. We're going to look at the pros and the cons of having a waiting list. And I'm also going to share with you a few thoughts for reflection about, you know, if you do decide this is what you want to do, I'm going to give you some ideas about how you might go about it. And this is a question actually by Jo. Um, You may remember her. It was Jo who's, it's Joanna Louise Therapy. And you might remember Jo because she actually asked a question a couple of sessions ago, a few sessions ago about counsellor isolation, which I answered for her. If you check out episode 86, it's called Six Ways to Feel Less Alone as a Therapist. And this made me think, actually, it made me think that maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do like some question and answer sessions. So maybe you can ask me questions. And I have to say, I do love getting questions. I do get questions from time to time. And I just always love it because it gives me something new to sort of look at, makes my brain work a little bit. So this is what I'm going to do. Now, I actually had a word with a friend about this and I said, I'm thinking about doing this Q&A so that, so it's going to be once a month, I'll do one of these questions. I said, I'm thinking about doing this Q&A and I want to give it a little bit of a catchy title. And with almost without thinking about it, she said, Jane Explains. So this is what I'm going to call it. These little sessions are going to be called Jane Explains. So it means that I'm going to kind of explain a different thing for you. So if you've got a question, then let me know what that question is. Now, remember the the purpose of of this podcast really is to do more more to do with marketing. So we're looking at things like having a niche. We're looking at things like your messaging. We're looking at websites. We're looking at social media. We're looking at what else we're looking at. We're looking at blogging. We're looking at, you know, attracting clients offline. We're also looking at mindset. I talk about mindset a lot and also things like organization and stuff like that. So if you've got a question that's really anything to do with the marketing side of running a practice, then just let me know. You know, like I say, I'd really, really love that. So here's what to do if you do have a question. What I'd like you to do is let me know your real name. So sometimes people contact me on social media and very often you have a different name on social media than you actually have in real life. So I need to know what your real name is. And if you have a website, let me have the URL of the website, because then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know, the name of the person that asks the question and put a link to their website. So that means you'll get just a little bit of extra SEO juice because you're going to get a link pointing back to your website. And the best way to do this is you can either email me. So my email is Jane and it's Jane without a Y. So it's Jane at janetravis.co.uk or you can contact me on social media. So when I say social media, I usually mean LinkedIn. And again, just search for Jane Travis or 
on Instagram. If you have a look there, my name on there is Grow Your Private Practice. So just drop me a letter message, doesn't matter where, just drop me a message, ask me a question, and I'll be only too happy to answer it. So yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, anyway, back to what we were talking about. So Joe said, and I've got what she said here, waiting lists. I started out thinking I would have one eventually, but was wondering how I would manage one. And I didn't know what that would look like. And since then, I've reconsidered it and thought that personally for me, I don't think it would be useful. It's not easy to know how long somebody would have to be on a waiting list for. And by the time I get back to them, they've probably found somebody else. So I think I started out thinking I'd like to have one. And since then, I've decided it might not be for me. So for some reason, I also had a lot of anxiety at first around what happens when I get to the full, you know, when you get to being full and how it might feel turning people away. But I've come to realize that I can't say yes to everyone. So she said, I would just be interested in hearing your opinions and other people's thoughts on this. So yeah, Joe, happy to, no problem at all. So first thing that I want to say, full disclosure, I've never actually had a waiting list. And the reason for this is I've only ever been as a counsellor, I'm no longer counselling, but I was a counsellor for 14 years, so quite quite a long time. And I was only ever part-time. So as much as I loved it, and I really did love being a counsellor, I never wanted to be full-time because I just find it really exhausting. And I always seem to have the right number of clients coming to me, usually between about eight and 12. I also worked part-time, so I had a part-time job. So having a part-time job actually gave me a brilliant balance because the job provided for me a steady income, social life, somebody, you know, people to chat to. I could get out of the house as well, uh, provided for me, you know, fun. And also at the side of that, I could work on counselling, which was my passion. So I've never actually had a waiting list. So what I've done is I've asked around. So uh, I've asked around other counsellors for the pros and cons that they have of having a waiting list. So that's what we're going to be looking at. So we're going to look at the pros and cons, and then we're also going to look at some thoughts for reflection, some things to do if you do choose to have a waiting list. So we're going to look at the pros first. So these are the things that are, you know, positives. Obviously, you know what pros are. So the first pro is if you have enough clients coming to you that you have to consider having a a waiting list, Firstly, congratulate yourself. Massive, massive congratulations to you because what that proves is your marketing is working. Whatever it is that you're doing, it's working because you've got a steady stream of clients coming to your door. And that is so important. You've maybe heard of feast and famine within business, within counselling, and it's just something, it's, it's something that happens. Sometimes you get really full And sometimes then lots of people stop coming. So, you know, the feast of famine is something that we're constantly trying to work on. So your marketing is working if you've got lots of people coming to you and wanting to choose you. And that's the second thing, really. One of the brilliant things about having a waiting list is that people have actually chosen you. You personally, they have looked at all of the different counsellors out there. They have looked at, and there's, let's face it, there's hundreds, there's thousands probably around. When you look at how many is in the, in the country that you live in, I mean, I live in the UK and there are thousands of counsellors. If you look in your local area, there's probably several hundred counsellors. So out of all of those people, they have chosen you to work with 
And if you're starting a waiting list, that means you've got people that are actually prepared to wait because they specifically chose you and appreciate working with you. So how cool is that? So yeah, an absolutely massive, massive, massive pat on the back. Well done. And I want you to really, really bask in that because we don't give ourselves credit sometimes. So if you're at that point, then give yourself the credit that you've your hard work is paying off, which is amazing. Another pro is that if somebody has chosen to work with you and they are prepared to wait to actually work with you, then likely this is going to be a great start to the therapeutic relationship. So they've decided that you're the person they want to work with and they're happy to wait. That says a lot. That means that they've kind of already started to trust you. That means that they are comfortable working with you and comfortable waiting to work for you. So that means that there's a good start to the therapeutic relationship. And that means that, you know, if you've got a good therapeutic relationship, that usually means, well, it does mean that the quality of the counselling is going to be better. You know, people are going to get people are going to feel more comfortable working with you. People are going to be able to share what they need to share not have to worry about being judged. You know, it's so important, this therapeutic relationship, isn't it? I don't have to tell you this. You already know this, but it's so important. So if they've decided that they're prepared to wait to work with you, that means that's a really, really good start to that therapeutic relationship. So we're going to look at the cons. Now, there are, unfortunately, more cons than there are pros. Why is that? There's always more cons, isn't there? There are always more cons. So let's have a little bit of a look at what the cons might be. So people that have maintained the waiting list have reported a personal impact. And the personal impact is feeling stress and feeling a pressure, knowing that there were people waiting there for a slot to work with them. And that's going to, you know, we're talking about how you feel personally around this. And of course, one of the things that I really try to make for you know, people in my membership, I try to make it so there's as little stress as possible. You know, it's all about reducing the amount of stress that we feel. So I personally think that it's not a good idea to give ourselves anything that might give us more pressure than we actually have to have. So that is definitely something to have a think about, have a think about, you know, the personal impact on you. You know yourself better than anybody else. And the second thing is admin. And this really is the biggest of the downsides because you have to consider how you're going to maintain your list. Because if you have a list, then there has to be list maintenance. You know, put put yourself in the shoes of a client. So imagine that you need some counselling and you find somebody, you know, and you think, oh God, they'd be perfect for me. This is the sort of person that would really understand me and I'd love to work with them. So you contact them and they say, I'm really sorry, but I'm full at the moment. I can add you to a list. All brilliant. That's fantastic. So that's positive. But what happens then if you don't hear back from them after a few months? You know, what's going to happen then? Because for me, I think what's going to happen is that's going to leave them hanging. That's going to leave, you know, if that was me, if I was then left hanging, I'd be full of uncertainty. I wouldn't know, you know, am I supposed to contact them? Am I supposed to wait for them? How long should I expect to wait? Are they still, have they forgotten about me? Um, 
And if a client, if a potential client thinks that you've forgotten about them, then that can have a real impact on them, can't it? You know, if you've got somebody, well, it doesn't matter what their issues are, but if they think that you've forgotten them, that's going to have a real impact on them, isn't it? So that is something that's really worth considering. So basically, if you have a list, then you have to think about how you're going to maintain that list. Because without that, it's basically really bad customer service. You know, if you're just going to leave people hanging, then they, you know what it's like. You just don't know what's happening. And, you know, you might even think, oh God, they've, they, like I say, they've forgotten about me. Maybe they're not being, you're not being accounts anymore. Maybe they don't want to work with me. You know, strange things happen in our heads sometimes, especially if we're feeling very vulnerable about going to see a counsellor. So we need to give proper good customer service. And what I mean by that is that we need to contact people periodically to keep them informed about what's going on. And this is an absolute faff, you know, because that means maintaining your list and contacting them every now and again. So I would say probably contacting them once a month just to say, just to let you know that you're still on my list. Do you still want to be on my list? You might want to share with them a few resources around that that might help them, but that's an extra job to do. You know, it's all just an extra job to do. Another thing is that if a current client leaves, so if if you're full at the moment, so you've got people on your waiting list and somebody leaves, you might get in touch with the people on your list and they might no longer want a space. They might have gone somewhere else. They might have changed their mind about counselling or there might be something else that's happened, which is, of course, absolutely their prerogative. But this leads me to a really big possible downside because having a list can lead you to having a false sense of security. And that can mean that you take your foot off the gas or stop your marketing. And I know what's happened to me in the past. You know, when I was a counsellor and I know, you know, Hands holding my hands up here. There were times when I got lots of phone calls and inquiries, and I got to be, you know, full or whatever, close to what I say full. I didn't really have a maximum number of clients I wanted to see. I probably would have just kept on taking people, but I got to the top end of what I was comfortable seeing. And I kind of, you know, in all honesty, maybe got a little bit cocky. And I thought to myself, I've made it. This is it. People, people want me. People are interested. My marketing's working. And, you know, I would kind of stop marketing. I would kind of, like I say, took my foot off the gas a bit. So that's one of the downsides of having a list. Because if you have five people on your list and you have a client that leaves, all five of those people may, for one reason or another, have not need to come to you for counselling anymore. And if you have taken your foot off the gas, if you have stopped your marketing, you're not going to have as many people making inquiries to then refill those places. I mean, you need to prioritise your marketing and you need to do that always. You know, I don't know if you've heard of feast and famine, but that can sometimes happen where sometimes you're like really full to the gills of clients. You know, you beating them off. And then you also sometimes have times when, you know, somehow it dries up that sort of, you know, that that rich vein of, of clients coming to you suddenly dries up and you don't really know why. It could be all sorts of things or a combination of things. And then you start to doubt yourself and then you start getting worried. And then you start to you start worrying and you start to not feel sort of safe and that insecurity hits in and that 
you start to feel a little bit worried and you start to feel maybe a little bit desperate. So it's really, really important to prioritize your marketing, to make sure that you're doing marketing regularly, every week, every month, and you make sure that it always happens, no matter what, even if you're absolutely full to the gills, I would say keep doing it because it's just, it's just good practice. And another thing is, obviously, this is clearly not for somebody that's in a client a crisis, but I probably don't have to mention that to you. Okay, so we've had a look at some of the pros and cons. Sadly, there are more, more cons than pros, but, you know, isn't that always the way? So what happens now? So here are some things to consider. Maybe you're thinking of having a waiting list. Maybe you're not really sure what to do if somebody phones up when you're actually full. So let's just take a look at some ideas of how you might handle it. So the first thing I would do, and you do this in advance, so even if you've just started out as a counsellor and you've not even got any clients, it's worth your while setting your boundaries and thinking about how many clients do you actually want? What is the maximum number of clients? Because if you know this in advance, it's going to help you to maintain that boundary. It's very easy for that boundary to kind of get nudged up. So if you say, right, I want to have 10 clients, and then somebody contacts you, you might think, oh, well, they feel like the perfect client, or, oh, I really need to help them. And you might get drawn into actually taking on extra people that are more than you actually wanted. You have to think about your self-care here. You have to think about what's okay for you to take on. So that's the first thing, set your boundaries and think about the maximum number of clients. The second thing is to decide if you want to have a a waiting list, how are you going to do that? What are you actually going to do? Are you going to start a spreadsheet or are you going to do something else? So have a little think about what you would do, what you would need on that on that spreadsheet, you know, what details would you need? So now imagine somebody phones up for a call. So this is kind of your process of if somebody contacts you. So somebody phones you up and wants an appointment. The very first thing I'd do is screen that call to check, you know, are they an urgent case? Because obviously an urgent case isn't going to be waiting, you know, possibly a couple of months for an appointment or more. So screen for an urgent an urgent case. And if you think that they are urgent and need to see somebody sooner, then you can refer on. And it depends on what you mean by urgent case. It might need mean that they need like proper urgent. So you might need to contact, you know, get them to contact, you know, their GP or something like that. Or they might need to contact the Samaritans, or you might just need to refer them on to a different counsellor so that they can just be seen more quickly. And what I would do is I would really consider writing yourself a script so that you know what to say. So something like, unfortunately, I don't have any spaces, but I do know a couple of people that I can recommend. Or if you're prepared to wait, I can add you to my waiting list. So you could just say something like that. And that basically is going to provide the person with options. So they know then that they have the option either of getting a referral to somebody else or they could go on your waiting list so you know it always keeps them in the in the driving seat they're always in control and just a little note here it's really worthwhile keeping an up-to-date referrals list of people that you know and trust so that you can refer people on and remember this works both ways so other people will refer to you now 
the way that I did it, I mean, I used to run the Lincoln Counselors Network, so I knew lots of people in the local area. So that means that if somebody phoned up and they had something that I wasn't really qualified to help them with, like if they wanted couples counselling or children or something like that, it meant that I knew there was somebody out there that I could refer them on to. So instead of just saying, no, sorry, I can't help, I could say, you know, no, sorry, I can't help. I know somebody that you might want to check out. And that meant that I didn't just feel like I was leaving them hanging, really. And, you know, it's just a nice thing to do, isn't it? So if you want to connect with more counsellors locally, I would suggest that you go and check out episode 86, the one I talked about before with six tips for what what to do if you're feeling isolated as a counsellor. Because in there I talk about, you know, making connections with some other counsellors in your local area. Um And yeah, it's not only good for getting referrals and passing on referrals, it's also good to have that, you know, that peer, peer friendship, really, that support close by. So it's definitely worth doing that. So yeah, start a referrals list. And the next thing I do, you know, I, if they say, yes, I'd like to go on your waiting list, I would then be sure to communicate the process really, really clearly. So let them know what to expect, you know, how long might the wait be? I mean, obviously you can't give any guarantees, but you could say it could be, you know, at the moment I'm full and they're all long-term clients. So it could be three months, you know, you could let them have an idea or you might say, I have got somebody who's likely to finish soon. So that might just be a few weeks but just let them know a rough idea and let them know the process. So basically let them know how you'll contact them and when you'll contact them and do the thing that you said you're going to do. And like I say, keep in contact with the client according to what you tell them. So you might say, I'll I'll drop you a quick email every month just to, you know, just to check whether you still want to have counselling and then they can let you know if they don't anymore. So yeah, keep up that contact according to whatever it is you've told them. And here's the big one. Keep doing your marketing. (laughs) Don't take your foot off the gas. Keep doing your marketing. Make sure that you've always got a steady stream of clients coming and phoning you up. Now, just this one thing, and this is a big thing, and that this is an important thing. If you constantly have more clients than you can reasonably manage, I want you to consider increasing your prices. So, you know, it's a really good indication that the market can take it. So I know some people are worried about increasing the prices, but, you know, this is a good indication that it's a good time to increase your prices. So put your prices up. It doesn't have to be by a lot. You could even just put them up by £2 a session. You know, it doesn't have to be £5 or £10. So put your prices up because, you know, people are saying to you, they want to work with you. Okay. So put your prices up, go for it. So if you do have a waiting list already, just let me know, get in touch with me. Let me know what have I missed. And I can then sort of put that out there as well. Let people know. Ah, So there you go. Having a waiting list isn't quite as straightforward as it, as it can first appear. So yeah have a bit of a think about if it's the right thing for you. And there's no right or wrong. There's literally no right or wrong. There's only what's right for you. So for you, it might be the right thing to have a waiting list. That's fine. But equally, it might be the right thing to not have a waiting list. And that's fine as well. It's your business, your rules. You make your rules up. It's absolutely what you choose it to be. 
There's no pressure to do one or the other. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast and it was called How to Turn Inspiration into Action. And that was episode number 87. And in that episode, I said that I was going to finish all of my podcasts with this quote. And this quote is, information without action is merely entertainment. And I love that quote. So here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you to commit to taking one action step following this call. Okay. So here are some things that you might want to consider. Maybe you want to commit to connecting with more counsellors around you so that you can start making a referrals list. That would be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Or maybe you'd like to firm up your boundaries around the number of clients that you see and get really clear on what your maximum number is. Or maybe you'd like to write a script so that you'll know what to say to call as if they contact you and you're full. So all of those things, you can just choose one of them. You could choose to do them all, but just choose one little thing and take some action on it. And remember, progress is my word of the year. But, you know, progress is going to get you to where you want to be. So look, thank you, Joe, for that question. It's a great question. And I hope that this has sort of helped you um, in your thinking around this. And remember, if you have any questions for Jane Explains, just drop me an email or send me a DM on LinkedIn or Instagram to include your proper name and your website URL if you have one. And I'll do my best to answer for you. I'm going to do one of these every month. So, you know, just let me know. I really hope this episode's helped you to get some more clarity about your where your boundaries are around waiting lists. And that's kind of it for today. I've really enjoyed that. I hope you have too. And remember, a new recording is released every single Wednesday. So subscribe and never miss an episode. And I shall look forward to speaking to you again next week. Have a fantastic week and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there i'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye